Baylor men's basketball starts its Big 12 season 0-3, the first time in over 15 years. Does that mean the sky is falling? Maybe. And it's okay to say so. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, TCU National Championship Day. Uh, I'm Drake Toll from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. Welcome to Locked On Baylor. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. This could be a better day in sports as Baylor got beat again in basketball this weekend. TCU plays Georgia and then a college football playoff national championship. None, none of that makes me very happy. Um, but we'll, look, we'll power through and and call out some glaring things with Baylor basketball as well because I'm I'm going to first come out and say that. After Baylor lost to Iowa State r- really bad on the road, it's like, okay, Baylor lost their first Big 12 game. Nobody freak out yet. It's okay. This is going to happen at some point. Baylor's going to lose a game. This, the, the sky's not falling. Baylor loses at home to TCU. Oh, that one stung, especially because you felt you had the game late. You're right there. You're going to win it. Keontae George played so well. It's like, how do you squander this kind of performance from your offense? Your defense just really sucked. So that loss didn't feel good. Like, okay, the sky is not falling yet. Like 0-2 in conference play is not good, but there's still that third game. It's at home against Kansas State. Kansas State was picked at the very bottom of the conference. Jerome Tang, the head coach, is really good, but Baylor still got a shot to win. It's kind of a must win because starting 0-3 would be a historically bad start for Scott Drew. Baylor, leading late, loses the game in overtime to Kansas State. So I, I do think that it is it is okay at this point in time. Like, the, the panic button's right there. Baylor, preseason top five, um, preseason number one in the Big 12, has inevitably dropped out of the top 25. It, it's, it's okay to kind of press the panic button. We, we didn't do it in football early enough where there were complete signs that the football team was not very uh, good if you, if you will. And we didn't press the panic button. I mean, I, I held off for a while. Like, okay, maybe this team can rally together. They went six and three and they got a shot at a big 12 title. And then they were just not very good. I, I don't, I don't want that to happen for the basketball team, but I'm starting to reset my expectations. Unlike in football where I never reset my top 10 aspirations here in basketball, I'm going to slow my role. I'm going to slow my role and say, look, Maybe this team just has too many holes to be a Final Four team, an Elite Eight team, or a team that we could expect to make a run at a national championship, and that's okay. That's all right. I will readjust my expectations. I will not expect to win a national title this year in basketball, and I, I'm I'm going to be okay with that. Because now 0-3 in Big 12 play is the worst start the Baylor's had in over 15 years in Big 12 play. Since I think it was the it was the 05-06 year where Baylor only played conference games because of the Dave Bliss scandal. And obviously things are way, way, way better now than they were then. But even the fact that we have to go back that far to the name Dave Bliss even being in remote consideration at Baylor basketball, uh, despite Scott Drew being the head coach at the time. Going back that far to find the last time Baylor was 0-3 in conference play is is a little discouraging, just a little discouraging. And it, it makes me feel like, hey, the panic button's right there. The sky is falling right now. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, you know, I I I want to temper. I want to be not an optimist, but a realist. But there's that there's not sunshine and daisies here. The worst in 15 years is something that you can finally like. As Baylor fans, Baylor is good enough as a program, especially in basketball, that your expectations, when not met, you can feel disappointed. Still support the team, of course. Go to the games, cheer them on. Maybe they'll turn it around. I still, they can. They can turn this around. They can go 12 and six in Big 12 play. That'd be awesome. But it's okay to be like, all right, <laughs> yeah. It might be. It might be one of those years. It might be one of those years. How much does Jerome Tang play into that? There, there is a legitimate question there. People were going across social media, and I, I, it makes sense. I'll reason with those who were like, all right, pregame, before Baylor wins or loses, if Baylor loses to Kansas State, it doesn't mean that Jerome Tang was the key to all great success, and that he is the guy. I agree. I don't want to overreact, although some of my tweets, you got me, they were for clicks or clickbaity or, you know, whatever. Surprise. What do you expect out of me? Um, I, I Yes, I agree. This is not completely squarely on the back of Jerome Tang leaving Baylor for why Baylor lost this game or why Baylor is struggling as bad as they have struggled under Scott Drew in conference play to start. I don't think it's squarely on Tang for sure. Um, I do, I do think that it's a big part of it though. You would be ignorant. I will say that I, you ignorant is just the lack of understanding or knowledge to say that Tang's Tang's departure doesn't negatively affect the team. I think that's objective. Jerome Tang leaving the program negatively affects Baylor. Do you want proof of this? He now has what is a top 15, top 10 caliber team. Jerome Tang has been at Kansas state for less than a year, by the way. Um, hired this, no, he was hired last, he was hired in 2022, but, uh, less than a year. He is now three and zero in big 12 play. One of the best starts in the last day. I think it's the best start in the last 10 years for Kansas state in, in conference play. Um, he also has a squad that could very easily say very easily, like they have sweet 16, certainly sweet 16 aspirations, if not more. Uh, he's been there for less than a year, by the way. And since he left, Baylor is 0-3 in Big 12 play and now out of the top 25. Again, this is not squarely on Jerome Tang, but I think you'd be ignorant to say that Baylor's lack of relative success in comparison to a Kansas State team that's playing really well has nothing to do with Jerome Tang. You, 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 can't, I, I, you can't make that statement. You have to realize at some point that yes, yes, losing Jerome Tang just as losing Joey McGuire is not great. It's not fun. It doesn't help you. Um, and an example of this, as I was thinking about it, you're, you work in an office. We'll say if you don't, then picture you work in an office, you have a manager and you have an assistant manager or an assistant to the manager, whatever. And that assistant manager really good at what they do help keep, helps keep everybody on task, helps productivity and has been there for a long time that well, that manager, he gets promoted. She gets promoted to a different region. So he or she leaves. And in three months time, you're like, man, I don't want to say it was all of them, but since that assistant manager left, man, they really kept us on task. Man, they really had some good strategies and stuff that we don't really implement as well as we did when they were here over us. Um, you would then assume, right? I'm just hypothetically, you would assume that a lot of the success of your office was based on the what the assistant manager at the time brought to the table. And you would be right to assume that their departure took a negative toll on what you do. Ah, that's that's what this is. 
That's what this is. The assistant manager left, and he was a really good assistant manager. And the team, there's there's a toll that is being taken right now. Uh, specifically, you can point at defense. Like, Scott Drew's always been about defense. Remember that Villanova game last year where they held Nova to, like, 42 points? Yeah. Jay Wright, man. Like, where is that? Where is that Baylor? I miss I miss the old Baylor basketball, as in, like, last year. Uh, and, and two, I've seen so many people that are like, yeah, well, this team is bad. Not because they're not bad, by the way. This team is not as good, not because of Jerome Tang, but because of the loss of Akinjo and Kendall Brown and Jeremy Sohan. Guys, look, no, no, uh, no. This team's roster is so much deeper, so much better than last year's roster. It is. Matthew Meyer and James Akinjo were two guys who. I don't want to say they had big egos, but they very much had like the game takeover card that they both wanted to use at times. I never felt like Akinjo was an elite uh, point guard. You can certainly make that case, though. Um, I feel like a lot of Baylor fans saw him like, okay, yeah, it's a great one-year player, plug and play out of Arizona, and see you later. Thanks for your for your service. I don't think anybody was sorely disappointed when Meyer didn't come back or when Akinjo didn't return to Baylor. If I don't even know if he could have, uh, no one was was crying over that. And Kendall Brown, by the end of the year, was so had almost regressed so much so that in that game against UNC that went to overtime, Baylor didn't play him very much at all because he was he became such a liability in that game. Uh, and then this year's roster has maybe the best freshman or one of the best players in America and Keontae George, who is a top 10 NBA draft pick. You have brought in Caleb Lohner, who I thought's played really well. Jalen Bridges has finally caught on a little bit more so. LJ Cryer and Adam Flagler, who are both on the national championship team, are back. Flo Thamba was a starter for the national championship team. Like, Dale Bonner is played last year, is is good. I mean, no. There's not a, oh, yeah, this team's just young. Nope, that's not true. Oh, this team's just fresh or new. Mm-mm, no, not really, actually. you It would be wrong to say that. Um, this th- There is something to point to. And I think it's not out of the realm of question to say, hey, I wonder what Jerome Tang leaving truly did to this program and if it set the program back. I think it's a reasonable question. You know what else is reasonable, though? Going to LinkedIn. LinkedIn Talent Solutions is like the apex. It's the number one place. It's the place to find somebody to work at your job. I'm going to go to, I'm going to check my email right now because I've applied for like 15 jobs on LinkedIn. I've got to have like a full-time job after graduation. I'll still work at Locked On. I'll still work at Sports Illustrated for Inside the Bears, but I also need something that I can, you know, make more than a couple of dollars and have fun doing. So if you know of any of those, let me know because I'm checking my email right now. Look at all these, like uh, applied, applied, applied. Sports reporter role, three new jobs, LinkedIn. It's got all that stuff, man. If you need somebody, maybe maybe me at your job, go to LinkedIn Talent Solutions right now. Click the purple hashtag hiring frame, linkedin.com slash locked on, linkedin.com slash locked on. Purple hashtag hiring frame, set up all your jazz right there. You can find the people that are best for you, that'll work for you, that'll be for you, that'll join your team. Uh, small businesses rated number one. So right now, LinkedIn.com slash locked on Baylor or locked on LinkedIn.com slash locked on. Keep in mind, terms and conditions do apply. All right. One thing that's not good in basketball, we'll hear from Scott Drew here in a bit too, by the way, uh, the third straight loss for his team in conference play, which again, not good. I'm not really sure if any of us saw it coming, but uh, it, it, uh, it's okay again to be worried about this team after a historically bad start in conference play. 97 to 95, the final. They were down by as many as eight in the second half. 
That's not great, but they marched their way back. That that Jalen Bridges three was huge. Jalen Bridges three that brought Baylor right back within within striking distance. Um, and you thought like, all right, this is where the point where Baylor's going to win the game. They're down by eight. They can win the game. Instead, you go to OT. You get into overtimes. Like, all right, here we go. Baylor can win the game here. And it's, you know, Kansas State did not make a field goal till like a minute and sixteen seconds left in in overtime. They'd only shot a couple of free throws, and that was about it. Baylor's offense, which has been so good all game long, just kind of stopped there for a second in OT, just enough for Kansas State to hang around. Um, and actually both teams didn't make a field goal till the two Oh nine mark when Adam Flagler hit a jumper, putting Baylor up by three. Noel comes in Marquise Noel makes three free throws and, uh, then puts Kansas state within actually ties the ball game flow. Thamba it's two free throws. It was just free throw, free throw, free throw. Then Noel again with the jumper that put it at 93, 93 Flagler jumper. Good. 95, 93 Baylor's going to win the game. Uh, and the Masood three-pointer good for Kansas State, 96-95. That's with 30 seconds to go. It's all right. Baylor's still got a shot here to do something. They can make a comeback in some capacity. They're not down, but they're only down by one. What are they going to do? How about, and this is crazy. This is crazy. I don't know why it was thrown up this way. Let's turn the ball over. <sighs> do you ever like watch a Baylor game and it gets the end of the game and you think, man, I'm so glad Baylor has an inbounds play because Scott Drew is going to do the thing where he lines the guys up and they all run out of the baseline and they're going to, it's going to be cool and everything. Those plays are great. Scott Drew has got some great inbounds plays. And then Baylor gets to the half court and you go, what are we doing? Why is everyone, why, why are we dribbling? What's the clocks running down? Can we do something that's not run Adam Flagler into the corner where he's trapped and just throws the ball out of bounds? Please. I know it's a lot to ask. I know it is. Please. Even give me that play that ran with Keontae George against TCU. They still lost the game because that great block, but I, I liked that. But nope. No, that was not to be in this one. Why? Why? What? Why? What is happening with this team? Defense is not very good. Someone posted on Twitter, and I thought it was an astute observation about this squad. Um, maybe, just maybe, as good as he is offensively, LJ Cryer is a liability on defense. And I think that that's, I mean, I there are analysts better than I that have said the exact same thing. And I, maybe LJ Cryer is just not very good at defense right now. Um, Flo Thamba, Flo Thamba on defense. Like, all right. It, it, it's almost it's troubling that anytime you look at a, an opposing team's points in the paint, that pretty much means how many points were scored against Flo Thamba because he's he's kind of the only guy that Baylor has in the paint, uh, aside from Josh Oshinwuna. As big as Jalen Bridges is, he plays outside a lot. A lot. Uh, and then Josh O. I, look, I, I like Josh Oshinwuna. He needs some time. I think in I think he he is better than Flo Thamba. I don't know if he's better currently, but he's got a higher ceiling at least. Uh, more athletic than Flo Thamba. Guy can jump out of the gym. You see some crazy dunks and stuff. And I I really like what he brings to the table. But he's young. He is he he is kind of lanky and uncoordinated a little bit. He's got a lot of room to grow into himself. Flo Thamba, you have you've had five years to grow into yourself, man. Like I. I don't know what you did on April 5th of 2021. I don't know what you did to play in the national championship that way. But preseason, we were talking about Flo Thamba being a guy who could put up double-digit boards. And I, I don't think Flo Thamba necessarily had a bad game either. He, heck, he had what, 14 points um, and seven boards. I think your your board numbers could be up there a little bit. Uh, but his, his defense is not great. Not great right now. LJ Cryer's defense, not great right now. Uh the team's defense is not great right now. 
for a Scott Drew coach team, that is all, all that's never the case. Like that's, they're supposed to play defense. It's the big 12. The big 12 is about defense. Kansas state, Jerome tank. They want to run up the score. They scored hundred points against Texas. Even in overtime, they had 80, 86 going into overtime in this game against Baylor. Uh, th- this is a really potent offense against a not very good Baylor defense. That doesn't happen under Scott Drew. Can we please like press the red button of death? The red button of death used to be my favorite thing. Every Baylor basketball game, there was that four-minute stretch where Baylor would outscore you 17-3. to It's like, how did this happen? What just happened? Baylor went on an absolute tear. You're not seeing that. I don't know if Jerome Tang took the red button of death with him or how that works, but you haven't gotten it. And I, I've got... Again, I, I want to say all football season long, I told you, I've got faith in this team to turn it around. I've got faith in David Randa to turn it around. I got faith in this defense to turn it around. Look at the names. Huh? How much faith? Should I, I mean, like, how much faith should I keep in this? How much stock should I keep in this basketball team before you finally start to say, all right, maybe this basketball team is not the elite squad that we're used to seeing in the last couple of years for Baylor. Maybe they aren't. They're not a one seed. They're not a Big 12 champion of the regular season. They're they're not a Big 12 champion, I hope, in the Big 12 tournament because I hate the Big 12 tournament. This, this is an underachieving basketball team. Did we set our expectations too high? I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. I think this team had so many pieces, so much depth, that they could have been really, really good, and they're not right now. Let's be honest with ourselves. They're not right now. That's not an overreaction. That's the truth. This basketball team today... On January 9th, the year of our TCU in the national championship, Baylor men's basketball is just not where it's supposed to be. And that's okay to admit. Do I have an answer? No, I'm not a coach. Did I play basketball? Yeah, in junior high. So, oh, who's this guy with a microphone to say Baylor's not good? They're not. I don't have to be a genius to know that. I don't have to go play the game in the NBA to know that. I can look at the team and tell you this basketball team is 0-3 in Big 12 play for the first time in over 15 years. That's not good. That's not. The team has so many pieces, too. The defense is not very good. The offense is great. Put up a lot of points. But if you can't stop somebody else, if you can't stop the fast break, if you can't, I mean, Baylor in this game, I I think Baylor led in fast break points, if I remember correctly. Baylor led in fast break points. Look, I'll pull it up right now. Yeah, Baylor shot 45%, which is not good. Baylor led fast break points. They also got to the free throw line 38 times. Led fast. They led the rebounding 36 to 31. <sighs> Second chance points, 16 to 9. Points in the paint, they only trailed by six. Um, fast break points, 16 to 15. They let it. They let it. Yep. Yep. They went eight for 25 from deep. If you're a team that lives and dies by the three ball and you go eight from 25 from deep, you're probably going to lose. Guess what Baylor did? They lost. They lost. Who, who in the beginning of the year was like, yeah, no, no, no. We can live and die by the three. We're not very good at shooting threes, but we can live and die by it. This team's supposed to be good at shooting threes, but where is it? I, I'm, I'm not seeing it. Oh, that's it. I was going to be positive today, and I guess I wasn't. You know what is positive, though? Bet online. Go right now and bet. Bet on Georgia to win by a million. Bet on Georgia to win right, me, by me saying that, by virtue of me saying that TCU's going to win the game now. Go, by, go to betonline.net. BetOnline.net, and it's where the game starts. You go there, and you're like, holy crap, man. All this BetOnline stuff's insane. I can go on my mobile device and do it. I can bet on hockey, tennis, NBA basketball, college basketball, all that. 
Super Monday. That's still thing. Big Monday, Super Tuesday, Big Monday today in college basketball. There's some games going on. Go bet on those. Go watch TCU game. Root against TCU. Root for Georgia. Whatever you want to do. I don't care. This, uh, that, all of that. Do it at betonline.net. That is that is where the game starts. The game can't start till you go there. Actually, don't go to betonline.net. And maybe the TCU championship will never start. And that'll be great for us. Actually, go to betonline.net. I want to watch that game. Scott Drew. Another loss. 0-3. Historic. What 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 do we do with this? You know, we are getting better. Uh, focusing on the details. Um, you know, last game, one possession. This game, one possession. So, you know, there's strides that we're taking. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we always want to be better. And, you know, we want to win. You know, we can't drop games like that. And so, you know, like he said, we're just going to focus on West Virginia and just focus on going 1-0 and each and every day. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, just turn the page, move on, you know, watch the film, you know, see what we need to get better at, see the adjustments that we need to make, and then, you know, go out there and win. You know, we know what we're capable of. You know, we know the guys. We practice every day with each other, so we know what it takes. Um, so we just got to go out there and execute. Anything else? All right. Appreciate y'all. Well... If we're going to lose, losing to Coach Tang uh, is someone uh, I would want to lose to. Uh, he's done a remarkable job in a short period of time. And I uh, love him like a brother. Uh, as far as our team goes, uh, I thought our effort was better. Our defense in, in transition was better. Um, our 21 to 12 assist to turnover ratio was better. Our rebounding was better. Um, at the end of the day, uh, execution down the stretch. Um, we shouldn't have given up the three. Um, and if players don't execute it, it's on me. So I got to do a better job with that. But we did not want to give up a three. Uh, and then uh, the last one, ball out of bounds. Um, uh, we got to execute that better as well. So uh, we'll keep working on, on our game-ending execution. Uh, it's a great Big 12 environment. I want to thank our fans. I thought they were phenomenal. I want to apologize to them for two heartbreaking losses. I know it's not easy, um, uh, but we'll get better, and we'll find a way to get better. Uh, that'd be difficult. Just the whole setting. Yeah, I, I tried to explain that before the game because uh, uh, if we had won, I'd obviously enjoy that more than uh, us losing, but I know it's still tough on the other person, and um, that's why you don't want to play family, and it's tough when they're in conference. I remember uh, my brother was looking at a job in conference once, and um, thank God he didn't uh, go there. What would you say most impresses you about the State this season? I think Coach Tang's done a great job with uh, their chemistry, their grit, their toughness. Um, they play a fun style. Um, Noel is uh, uh, an unbelievable player. I mean, through three games, averaging what he's averaging. Um, and and I, I tell you, it's a big, big advantage when you have six-year guys compared to, to freshmen. I tell our, our freshmen, 19-year-olds, are there a 13-year-old out there that's going to beat you? That's how, I mean, you have to... You have to really compete against older people like that. And uh, um, But I, I really have seen 
tons of maturity in his game. And I, I credit Coach Tang and the staff for that and credit him. Um, Keontae Johnson, someone that I, when he scored 20 on us at Florida, we knew how good he was. So um, you don't get SEC preseason player of the year accolades if you're not special. Um, so those two guys are not only really good players, but I think they're, they're really good culture and team guys. There's not many people averaging 30 and 10. Scott, uh, obviously, you have come close to winning. I mean, <laughs> what do you feel like it's going to take to just kind of get over that hump? Well, I, uh, the mental mistakes down the stretch. Um, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get better shots in the overtime. Better attention to detail. Um, so I, I would say the execution. And uh, uh, attention to detail. When you coach Tang embraced uh, either before or after the game, what kind of things did you guys talk about? How hard mm. was it for you guys to get across each other outside of that? Well, once you start the game, you're not you're not paying attention. Um, you're locked in on your team, and um, but I mean. Uh, <laughs> we coached against each other in practice for 19 years, so we pretty much knew what each other was doing. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, 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 I think uh, uh, with the COVID stuff in fifth and sixth year, guys, that really negates talent too. Um, I think that experience is a Again, you can be a talented 13 or 14 year old, and it's hard to beat a 19 year old. So, um, we got three freshmen that are playing; they're getting better. We got some guys that are in different roles that were role players that are that we're expecting more of. And until we can we can get uh, uh, better chemistry with that, I mean, the goal of every coach is that you don't have a one possession game because we all know anything can happen. Um, uh, <laughs> If Noel can make another shot that deep again on one try, I mean, I mean, Dame don't even shoot him that far. I mean, gosh dang! And then his bank with the left hand. I mean, there's some. That's one possession games, and that's why you can't you can't let games go to one possession games. I thought Jalen did some good things. Eleven and seven, uh, tar starting to take a step forward um, with his confidence. The the guy's confidence uh, um, at the end of the game. Uh, uh, um, uh, he's been through the wars of the Big Twelve. So, um, but I I, kn I know uh, um, we need him to be good and we need him to be special. Uh, and I really like this group. I mean, uh, losing's really hard, and uh, um, but. They're really good uh, representatives of Baylor University besides the wins and losses right now. So we got to get better. And uh, we'll find a way to do that. And uh, we'll thank the crowd for, for being there and supporting us. And um, don't, don't, don't forget about us or leave us just yet. Yes, I mean, because we kept playing out of that. Um, but whenever you have two on you, you want to get rid of the ball. Marquise found uh, Masood. We didn't find Jalen Bridges and credit them for making that and us not execute. That was Scott Drew coming off of
Another loss in Big 12 play. This has been Drake Tull of Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Come back tomorrow. We'll talk about TCU's demise and how they lost by a billion to Georgia. One can only hope. This has been Always Will Be Locked On. Thanks again for making it your first listen every single day. Baylor.